This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. However you like to do it. Indoors. Outdoors. In the gym or playing the field. You know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At LifestyleSports.com. Welcome to Blood and Mud, the podcast that listens at the door of the weekend's rugby and often finds them playing really shit music. I am <laughs> Lee, and over there is... Uh, I remain Josh, for the time being. You do, yeah. Well, although you, your name has been changed by me on the tweets. <laughs> well, yes. To I mean, Jozd. I'm very sorry about that. Yeah, that's why I kind of didn't want to want to assume that I'd be that way forever, you know, because... I want you to be sort of like Norwegian, you know, like a bit a bit Jorvik, you know. Used. Used, used Gardner. Yeah. Um, used before, Gardner, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something that I've always dreamed of, to be honest, to have that sort of Viking heritage thing going on. So, yeah, I'm all for yeah. it. If you want to get in touch with me or the pod, you can get in touch at Blood and Mud, that's me, or Lee at bloodandmud.com. And how to get people get in touch with you, Yozed? Obviously not via that route, so... Uh, obviously not, no. Uh, so uh, it will basically be at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Shit Watch, uh, or indeed RugbyShitWatch.com. We're on Acast, we're on iTunes, Stock Apple Podcasts, we're on Pocket Casts, we're on all kinds of places. We're also on, as you all know, or you've probably been told a number of times, I'm going to tell you again anyway, we're also on Patreon.com slash Blood and Mud. Thank mm. you for everybody who continues to contribute to us, but a special thank you for those of you who've decided that just being simply being in the Alley Brew Lounge is not enough. They want to get into the Alley Brew VIP Lounge to have the real experience of what it is to be a close, personal friend <laughs> of the podcast. And, and the people this week, go on, you finish up. No, I was going to say, and those people, I mean, they've never, they've never seen such like once they walk beyond the velvet rope. I mean, some of them have well, told me. It's true, you know. There's a fish bowls of creme de menthe 
Yeah. There's a pool table with orange cloth on it. Cocktail That's sausages. High class. Cocktail yeah. sausages, 90s chili vodka. Oh. <laughs> All the apple sours you can drink. All the apple sours. Aftershock, <laughs> blue and red. Yeah. <laughs> so the people just had to take a plunge into that experience. It's the 90s, week. basically. Yeah. It's the 90s, yeah. <laughs> basically, apologies. First of all, apologies to Will Matthewman, long-time listener and supporter and contributor, who... Um, I've missed sneaking into the lounge at some point, which makes me think, Will, you went in some strange way because yeah. if you'd have come through the rope efficiently and correctly, I'd have seen you. I think Is you've there... gone via a mate. You've spoke to the bouncer that you know and he's opened up a different part of the, the rope to let you over. But he's, either way... the, he's coming through the outdoor, as uh, as <laughs> Yes, once, so. indeed. But he's in there now, so, Will, thank you very much, and I'm sorry it's taken me this long to say thank you. Straight in there this week as well is James Reese. Who mm. said? Who said? I I I email everybody who who comes to the VIP lounge, and I emailed him and said thank you very much. And he, he came back and he said thank you. He's happy to contribute to help the pod keep going and to improve. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate! So so the, so the ch- quite rightly the challenge has been laid down oh, by dear. James for us oh, to improve, God. and he's willing to pay Damn. for an improvement. So you know. Uh, yeah, we'll take your point, James. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you God. very much. I'm, I mean, I feel I feel a great deal of pressure right now. So, uh, well, yeah. we're a full day early this week. That could be seen as an improvement yes. or not, I suppose. Yeah. Although it does ruin, you know, maybe some people who normally listen to the egg chasers on a Monday morning and listen to us. I very mm-hmm. much doubt it, but it's worth thinking about it. Isn't I mean, it? I kind of also feel like we're primarily quite often recording either not on a Sunday or a Tuesday at the moment. I mean, it's not being done intentionally. No, but it has mean, meant that I've got to watch a lot of the last series of Game of Thrones at my leisure. That's on true. Night. That's true. And we also are we doing this subconsciously, or are we doing it? Maybe we are. Know. Maybe we are. Yeah. The uh, but one thing I do know about Sunday is there's a lot less news to talk about because obviously oh, Monday is the news. Monday release day, is the news it? day. Yeah, so it's uh, fuck all really. There's stuff so left over from Friday. Yeah, it's my son's seventeenth birthday tomorrow. That's why we're Oof. we're early. So we're going out some and, he's, and he's having his first driving old. lesson. I thought you feel incredibly old. I mean, it's not just that, Josh. It's so <laughs> many things. It's the fact that when I when I squat down, my right knee feels like it's about to explode. Stuff like mm. that, you know. Yeah, I've actually got an ice pack in the fridge as I speak. So uh, yeah, waiting for my fucked knee to come on it later. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. you do anything this weekend? News wise, have you done anything? No, no, not really. Basically, I'm getting the plasters in this next week, which sounds like a some sort of euphemism. <laughs> not a euphemism, yes. Yeah. Um, so I spent the entire weekend trying to fit everything that's in my living room, including two big fuck-off sofas, into my not very big conservatory, which... Um, yeah, and I've been in your house, so I can visualise that now. now yeah, ima- <laughs> ima- imagine me trying to get both of those sofas and everything else in my living room into that conservatory. It's not been fun. Well, it, won't, it, it won't be letting much light in by the end of it. No, put it that no way. it's especially not been fun as my darling wife has gone away for the weekend, so I've been trying to move sofas on my own. Again, which... she's never at home, that woman. I know, tell me about it. But, uh, yeah, uh, so if, you, if you've ever tried to move a three-seater sofa on your own, my, my absolute sympathies to you because it's not really doable. You need to have some kind of ritual to summon up Liam Williams' council estate strength. <laughs> I do, yeah. If I had Liam Williams' council estate strength, this wouldn't have been a problem. Half They'd an hour. One no on problem. either shoulder. It would have been fine. I We bought a cast iron bath off eBay and had it delivered. 
to the driveway. And mm-hmm. then I had to get it. It was secondhand. We had to get it upstairs. And I went on Facebook and said, you know, can, is there anybody who does like van and man services and come help me make, take this cast iron bath upstairs? Mm. And a couple of lads did say, yeah, I'm available. And they came oh, out and they were the archetypal council estate strength lads. <laughs> I paid them 30 quid and these two like 11 stone lads came round and hoyed a cast iron bath up a, up, a, up a flight of stairs. It's always, it just, it, it, it's one of those things that just depresses you from a sort of, yeah. both youth and manliness point of view. So it's just like, how have, like you look like you're about nine stones soaking wet and yet here you are hoisting something that I could barely move with the effortlessness of Liam Williams over the ball. Yes, Champions Cup final. So, uh, and as much yeah. as you can sit there and rationalise and you knew where to go, well, I sit behind a desk and I did a degree and I've got a very important job. Yeah. You're still if I did that every you know, day, I'd be you, strong as well. Yeah, you but know, you're quite lack. You still feel lacking, don't you? Ultimately? Yeah, massively so. The, yeah. Um, I must have told that story about when I was shoveling in my my front garden when my dear granddaddy died a year or so ago. An ex miner, Lancashire miner, came round and I heard his voice behind me and he went, "All right, Lee, I didn't know that could use a shovel." <laughs> He said, "He says I thought you were a pen pusher," and I went, and I went, "Well, yeah, I didn't know what to say." But then, then he, he kind of smiled at me, and I thought, "Oh, my granddad thinks I can use a shovel. That's the best thing that anyone's ever said to me ever, despite all of my whatever achievements or not yeah, I may have done." No, that's entirely all others. My granddad, who is a proper, moved. an absolute total man, has just told me I could use a shovel. So therefore, and I'm sorry to be so shallow, but that makes me so happy. No, yeah, anyway, no, what, what right did I do last night? I was in Manchester last night at a, yeah. my friend's uh, birthday meal. We went to Simon Wood's place in Manchester. He won MasterChef a few years ago. Mm. And I had a tasting menu. And at the end of it, though, we had the most northern posh thing ever. We had Vimto macaroons. That's just wonderful. I mean, yeah. how did, what, what do they even taste like? Well... Well, I'm sorry to state the obvious, but like like slightly chewy, <laughs> crunchy uh, Vimto. It was magnificent. So I can reckon if you're in Manchester and you fancy going having a nice meal, go. I'll just go and have the Vimto macaroons and a coffee. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's do, worth do, it. Can, do they do them to go? You know, can we order well, they should them? do. I'm sure yeah. they must be on Just Eat. I reckon all top end restaurants are on Just Eat, aren't they? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Probably. I'm, I'm now Googling Vimto Macarons. Weirdly, I type in Vimto M and Vimto Macarons is the first thing that comes up. Yeah, delicious yeah. stuff. Because yeah. Vimto yeah. is magnificent, isn't it? Not fizzy Vimto, though. Fizzy Vimto is all wrong. Never, never, no, could, I've never, never get liked behind fizzy it. Vimto. It's could never too... get behind it. It's like a shit Lucasade, isn't it? But It's just all wrong. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, speaking of all wrong, how long we've been going on for is all wrong. So let's start, as we always start, with the player spotted. Anthony Simpson, is, I've had a couple of brilliant ones this week, and I'm going to store some of them up. So okay. just bet, if anybody's thinking of stopping listening, don't stop listening, because there's some belting player spotters over the next couple of weeks. But this is a good one as well. Anthony Simpson gets in, in touch, and he's up in my DMs and tells me this. I hope this is sent to the right place, he says. Well, it is, Anthony, because I'm reading it out now. Yeah. He says, just player spotted... By proxy. He said, the mundaneness of it amused me. A friend of the wife came round for Sunday lunch, sees pictures on my wall of rugby and asks if I'm into rugby. Yes, Hmm. says I. (laughs) No, I just like looking at them. Yes. She then says, little guy, used to play for England really fast, won the World Cup, I think. 
I say, Jason Robinson. She said, that's him. She said, anyway, I was stood behind him in the queue at Argos in Manchester a while back. He was buying an ironing board. <laughs> this new genre of player spotting by proxy, I think, could has got Huge a lot of... of uh, I'm, I'm all for giving it as much oxygen as possible. Absolutely. Let's do it. I think... Jason Robinson buying, an, Argos, buying a, an ironing board from Argos in Manchester. Well, I mean, to be fair, where else do you get ironing boards from at a short notice? You know, you can go to Dunelm or something, but... Home bargains, Asm. I got That's my true. ironing board That's from Home true. Bargains, and it's a proper one as well. Jason Robinson doesn't strike me as a home bargains kind of guy, you know. He doesn't strike me as an Argos kind of guy, but I suppose no. he is, you know, Christian and humble or that, isn't he? Is he still Christian since he left his message for his personal trainer? Probably, yeah. They're usually... Uh... It's probably what Jesus would have wanted. Yeah, they usually double down to it, so... Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's thank you very much for that play spotted. If you've got play spotted and they always keep coming in, honestly, I'm parking quite a few up at the minute, but please don't stop sending them in. You can get them in in the DMs or lee at bloodandmud.com and I'll get through that way. Don't send them to Josh, he doesn't forward them on to me, he's not interested. It's this is my admin, so <laughs> yeah, don't, don't DM, just don't, don't contact me at all, really. <laughs> so, yes, as we've said before, Josh is on broadcast only on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Right uh, then, should we just do yeah. some news so we get into the big European supersonic ding dong bing bong quack quack yeah, quack weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's bit, like you say, it's a bit kind of it's thin on the ground that it we're catching up from last week, really. But I suppose yeah. uh, the, the Alex big thing Goode is, is European Player of the Season again, and not yes. wanted by Eddie Jones still. Dan, Danny Cipriano is English Player of the Season. Player of the season, yeah. So uh, that's. Yeah. He doesn't trust these people with talent. Yeah. <laughs> it's increasingly sort of like, uh, are you sure about this? Um, London Irish have signed everyone. Um, yeah, they signed Waisaki in a holo, haven't they? Uh, yeah, and they signed, uh, what's his face, Ozzy Locke. Um, oh, yeah, Adam Coleman. Coleman. And they signed yeah, Kepu. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I'd love to see how they're staying under the salary cap, but uh, they have they have no concern for salary cap or common decency in their signings. No, that much is clear. Um, <laughs> that much is very clear. Uh, Spurs' uh, new fancy new stadium is going to ho- host the uh, Challenge and Champions Cup finals in twenty twenty one. So that'd everybody be nice. is fucking queuing up to get into that new Spurs stadium, aren't they? Yeah, I mean it does look nice. To be fair, but... it does look nice. Does seem like it's, in- it's a bit of an emperor's new stadium thing, isn't it? Well, it's just a stadium, isn't it? I suppose, but is it that bar? Is it that bar that pours beer from underneath the glasses? Is that's what? Is that I where think everyone's that just be, desperate, I think that must desperate be it. to see? Everybody just wants a piece of that, don't they? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what else we got? Get your jerseys on coat hangers ready, because Warren Gatland is returning to South <laughs> Africa as part of the Lions coaching setup, but this time he'll be in charge. Yes. Uh, this raises even more questions, really, about what is he actually going to be doing in the meantime? Well, I think because has, probably... has he got a job now, and he's said to them already, "I'm doing the lines in 2021," or does he feel he's in such a strong position now that he can say, "Yeah, I want this job," and by the I way, you're giving me that, basically... you give me that year off. I think he's just basically they're probably paying him so much for the Lions because he can probably name his price now, and I mean he's probably just going to do like because. He basically took a year off Wales when he was doing the Lions last time. So his job is going to kick in effectively about 12 months after his 
uh, it'll be sort of next May, won't it? Yeah, it'll be like next May or June. June. So I'm guessing what Warren Gatlin's going to do in the intervening period is go home and see his family and spend. See Bryn. See Bryn. You know, Bryn's just had a nasty injury. He's. Do you think you'll feel awkward talking to Bryn like face to face? Face to face, man to man. Because he spent so long, like just down the phone to him, (laughs) looking straight into his eyes. Might be a bit unnerving for the pair of them. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that if if I was Warren Gatland, and I think if Warren Gatland's got any fucking sense, what he should do with those seven or eight months that he's got of free time, given that he doesn't need the money, is just go home and spend time with your fucking family, mate. Be a normal human being for the first time in, like, 20 years. And then, (laughs) once you've done the Lions thing, especially if you beat fucking South Africa... England will definitely throw an obscene amount of money at you. And I mean, maybe even the All Blacks will. So, I think what's, it's a good point. It does seem to suggest that he will not be announcing where he's working. The weird thing yeah. is because he finishes, with the World Cup, you see, it finishes mid-season, doesn't it? Mm, so so it's, nobody's actually going to take you on, are they, for that season? So yeah, you have to unless be starting with sun- any job. Unless it's so in the Southern always, Hemisphere. Unless yeah, it's someone oh, like yeah, Japan. True, true. true. I could see somebody like Japan breaking the bank to give him to if they have a good World Cup, um, or it, or or he'll do a year's consultancy somewhere, yeah. just doing a few things he's quite interested in. I wonder if he's they, thinking in his sort of very calculating Warren Gatlandy kind of way, in his cuboid shape kiwi head. Yeah, in a sort of nobody wants to be the man that follows Alex Ferguson thing. Uh, he doesn't want to be the guy who follows Steve Hansen with the All Blacks because get Steve prob- get Scott Robinson in with his fucking break <laughs> yeah. dancing. Give somebody two years to sort of maybe do well, but you know it's gonna it's a tough act to follow, and standards are incredibly high. And then if he wins the you know if he goes on the Lions tour and wins and you know has a unbeaten record on all three tours. Um, then, yeah, he'll probably be able to go to the All Blacks, oh, by the way, <laughs> would you like me now? And they'll probably say yes. So I wonder if that's the long game he's playing now, because I, I can't imagine that if he was in the frame for the post... Which, yeah, it's weird that he's not in the frame for the Steve, the post-Steve Hansen All Blacks job, given his CV and what he's done. But whatever yeah. happens, like it's it's weird and stupid, but... Yeah, he obviously has been told one way or another that he is not in the frame. So, yeah, he's going to just go out and continue to demonstrate to them that they should give him a chance, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, well, Mm. interesting. Mm. Interesting to see where South Africa are at at that point as well, I suppose. Yeah, because they could be really good. Yeah, so... Building blocks. It could be one of the hardest tours. Well, it's always one of the hardest tours, but it could be... Definitely one of the hardest. You'd rather play Australia in 2021, wouldn't you? Oh, fuck yeah, you would. And ironically, you'd definitely rather have played South Africa two summers ago, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't know, right, South then. Africa. South Africa in... South Africa is never to be... Well, Razzie will have to have a few conversations with himself on to get this all sorted before then. you know, involved conversations with himself. Uh, finally so. in the news, I think, is the, I suppose, very relevant to yourself, Josh. I noticed you're wearing a Neath top today. Is that the Neath top you ordered and it didn't come for about three months? Uh, it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, Osprey's 
are going to play because of the way the big cup games have shaken out and everything. Ospreys are going to play Scarlets for a place yes, in the finally, in next year's big it's, cup. It's, it's mercifully simple. As much as I would was quite hoping for a, a Leinster win yesterday to uh, to mean that we wouldn't have to do anything and could, all the Ospreys players could just go on holiday. Um, yeah, there will now be a playoff next weekend um, at the Liberty Stadium between Scarlets and Ospreys uh, to see who will go to the Champions Cup next season. Are you tempted to go? Uh, I would do, but I'm in Dusseldorf, so uh, oh. no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, yeah, so good luck with all that then. Big game, big game. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a big game. That fellow, that, that, that fellow with the thick glasses on who ranted all the way through the games at Cardiff might be there. You could maybe... <sighs> yeah, we could re- we could touch base again. <laughs> you uh, could touch something. You could touch your well. boot up yeah. his ass. yeah. Um, <laughs> shall we talk about the games from the weekend? Is that where we're at now? Uh, I think we probably are. It's, very, it's a very slow news weekend when you don't wait until Monday, isn't it? But, uh, isn't yeah. it just... Before we get into uh, talking about the weekend, um, I'd just like to make something clear because uh, there's been some sort of disc- you know, debate on Twitter about kind of the things that I said during and after uh, the Champions Cup final yesterday where some people have taken that to believe that I am in some way anti-Saracens. And um <laughs> just want to clarify for the sake of, you know, posterity and so there's no confusion yeah, I absolutely am. I fucking hate them. They are everything that's wrong with rugby and I would love them to get relegated and not exist anymore because I absolutely despise everything that they're about. That being said, uh, <laughs> right. I try to, I try to look I'm, at these I'm things. I'm amazed that people entirely... were, 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 were questioning whether that was your position. That was They must be Johnny-come-lately people. Oh, massively so, yeah. Non-followers all over the place. Uh yeah. So I just want to you know make that absolutely clear. Yeah, I absolutely do hate Saracens. They're everything about them is awful, and they're ruining rugby. They're everything that's wrong with rugby in twenty nineteen. And so yeah, I, I despise them. I don't think they are. Too, I don't think they are when they're on the pitch, though. In some ways, they are. It's the right. it's the relentless fucking like off the field. It's all the financial bollocks. On the field, yeah. it is the religious obsession with fucking bullshit management speak and management ethos nonsense that even you can hear them even before scrums like shouting management bollocks at each other and I just cannot like abide what? it. I've missed that. That's... <laughs> I can't even remember what it was. So I meant to make a note of it yesterday. But was it like before, engage the it was collision or the, something? It was before the Vulapola scrum where the first one had collapsed and they'd, they'd been lucky was to get it Was it maximise every sales contact? It, it was It was of that level. <laughs> oh, fuck, I wish I remember Always what Always be closing. <laughs> it was just like, what absolute fucking... Like, even, on, even at the moment that you're going to fucking define your season and define your game, you're fucking still spouting fucking management motivational nonsense. So, I know you have yeah. to have some kind of... T- you have to obviously have team building, don't you? Especially when you're a team do. successful And they do it they extremely are. well. Like, but they you know. really, really fucking chug the Kool-Aid, don't oh, they? That's the, I think that's the thing. It's not just the fact that they do it, because everyone does it. It is the fucking zealous buy-in from everyone 
the, the second yeah. that any of them come off the field, they just they act like they're at a sales conference. You know, it's just, oh. <laughs> and the worst. And the thing is, because they're so successful, everyone's going to look at it. It's like everyone looks oh, yeah, at everyone's successful models, now, yeah. don't they? Like, every time England kept failing at World Cups in football, like when after France won, they're like, oh, because they've got that Clairefontaine Academy, right? Build an academy. Mm. And then when <laughs> Germany won, it's like, oh, loads of loads of coaches in Germany have got badges. Everyone do badges. <laughs> Whereas now we'll be, oh, look, Saracen's keeping everything. Everybody come up with loads of management speak bollocks and write all over the dressing rooms <laughs> and have really disingenuous public 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 relations statements. Do all things like that. <laughs> oh, it's just just fucking infuriating, isn't it? But meanwhile, at the game, which they won, 20 yeah. points to 10 against Leinster, uh, it was... Um, I mean, this was kind of the inevitable. It's, a, it's very, game, it's it? very, very impressive, isn't it? Massively though, so. When you like, see them, I mean, it, I mean, in a, I mean, Leinster didn't have a great day, but ne- even when they were ten nil up, I couldn't work out why they were ten nil up. No, because they and weren't because they, they never really looked like scoring when they had well, the ball. Most, not, not hugely. Most of the first half, it looked like it was going to turn into a game where two teams that are way, way too good at defending, basically ran at each other pointlessly in between the two 22s. It was very narrow, nothing. wasn't it? Yes. And it yeah. was just, there was absolutely, you know, they barely, they barely got into each other's 22 in that first half. And it was a much better game in the second half. But hmm. yeah, I mean, it was kind of I the enjoyed inevitable. The game. Did, did you enjoy the game? I enjoyed the second. I thought the second, first half was pretty fucking boring, to be honest. But I enjoyed I quite, the was, second I, half because it was blood like, and thundery. The, yeah, there's a lot of intensity in the first half, which I quite like, though. There is, you know, the beauty of rugby is there are many different ways to play it, aren't there? there I are. do think that I was kind of enjoying that kind of feeling each. I, I say I watched it on, I watched it today before we recorded <coughs> this because I was out last night eating Vimto mm. macarons, as we've already uh, established. But um, I watched it again today. It's always good. It's always nice to watch a game when you know the score. Yeah, because you can actually start to. And and in some ways, I found it quite intense. They were quite clearly feeling themselves, feeling feeling themselves. <laughs> feeling each other out. They themselves the, by the end of it, yeah. They were feeling no, each other out in the first half, but they kind of feel each other out with like fucking rocks and bricks and hammers, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was like, I think probably between like 10 and like 25 minutes, or maybe like 10 and about 30 minutes, I got quite bored because it was just like in between the 10 metres. Run, 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 kick, run, 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 kick. And it's like we, I, it's like yeah, I can see what you're doing here. You're both trying to feel each other out. You're both trying to get a sense of each other. Nobody wants to make the mistake. Nobody wants to try anything. But it was just a, it. It's like you. I, I think you learned what you needed to learn after five minutes of that. And they just decided mm. to carry it on for another ten. And that's finals for you, to be honest. I guess, but it's yeah, tournament rugby and all that. Yeah. I suppose. Plus, it's the way Saracens play. Yeah. Um, they, they, I mean, Leinster. I mean, of course, don't forget Leinster would send it up at one point and yeah. should have not a uh, 10-3 up as well, wouldn't they? I mean, that that game managed by Luke McGrath at half Absolutely time, despicable. Uh, honestly, absolutely despicable. Sack him, yeah. sack him now. Because <laughs> they're really, and I know he's, he's he'll learn from it and he's not that experienced, but actually he's playing in a European final. You have to be experienced enough to know. And actually, you don't need to have much experience to know that when the clocks turn red, you boot the ball out when you're mm. up. He is 26, so, don't forget. He's yeah, not I think a fucking twenty-one-year-old yeah. kid. He's just and, like like that weird fetus say, that they brought off the bench who couldn't tackle. To somebody at thir- third team playing for fucking Bather or whatever knows to kick the ball out when the time's up and you're yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and Do then that. of course, 
you led to you led to Farrell's hands for those that Maitland, that, which were lovely. That those Beautiful. hands for yeah. that Maitland try, perfect example of when you're always coached to get your hands out and create a target, and then you can work it across very quickly. Mm. And it's amazing how, how often it doesn't happen. So when you see it, you go, "Oh, that's nice, isn't it?" But actually, yeah. when you look at that again, you look at that again. <laughs> when I was watching it today, and I actually rewound it a couple of times just to be clear, that was an absolute man-on-man marking job. Yeah. If it was a three-on-three job, if Jordan yeah. Lama had stayed out. That wouldn't have been scored, and that I th- that was really the difference was that those key moments Saracens got their defense absolutely fucking spot on, and they didn't. You know, they, we had a base, you know, a carbon copy of that in the second half when Liam Williams just flew out, timed it absolutely to perfection, mm-hmm. and won the turnover. Even if he hadn't won the turnover, it would still have been. A fucking blinding try saving tackle, but instead you have Lama kind of making the wrong decision in that and situation. It is, and it's and just, it gives something away about how they drilled, I think, because mm. this obsession with um, starving space and the dominant collision and forcing errors that's so all pervasive that you can't sort of go, you know what, we've got three on three here. Yeah. I just need to get close enough to this guy on the outside. Yeah, and we're done. And stop him, and which is what you traditionally always would have done, and never yeah. that would have been a completely or relatively unthreatening attacking situation. Except with this, these new models where they all pervasive, you have to get up and get in and get at them. Mm. It's after I just found that quite interesting. It really. was, yeah, and it was interesting. Like the lines, like honestly, the defensive speed, the aggression, the energy on that Saracens defense yesterday was it's just it's test level. Isn't it? It's just it's. Like are you will not or see as Ben any... Mullins said, no, as Ben Kay said, it's beyond test level. Oh, what the fuck's that? Come on, Ben. What does that even mean? A no, and B. <laughs> it's intergalactic level. <laughs> I've not seen tackling like this since Mars played Jupiter. Uh, yeah, but it's it's really interesting how when Saracens get to these big occasions, they've just got another gear, and not so much offensively, but. Defensively, they always seem to have that extra thing that gets that they they can raise themselves to in terms of their physicality and their intensity. And part of it is just having big blokes and lots of like just a, a conveyor belt of big nasty fuckers. They are a destroyer of belief. Yes, and that even, was kind even of... you know as time goes on, they destroy your belief your your belief in the in your ability to. <laughs> win a rugby match. And that was why, you know, as much as kind of people have tried to defend McGrath and say, oh, it wasn't his fault to be like, fucking absolutely was. Fucking absolutely it was. Because Saracens don't score that try before half-time. It's a totally different fucking game. Instead, you're... As soon as you give Saracens a sniff, they will always fucking... They will just make life so hard for you. And then especially if you give them a lead, you know, they were fucking delighted about the fact that they were going into the final quarter of that game with a 10-point lead because they knew that that's exactly what yeah. they do is that they... Yeah, just keep coming at us. Yeah, we'll just keep coming at us. Yeah, and, and what we'll do is we'll just close down all of the space. You won't be able to do anything and will just gradually sap your will and belief from the game. And that's what they do. And, you know, there was, at no point did I ever think, as soon as Sarri scored that second try, that was game I knew that was game over. 
Like, at no point mm-hmm. did I even countenance Leinster coming back at that point because you just think, well, yeah, they 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 were exactly where they want to be right now. I put a screenshot on because when I was watching the game, I couldn't believe it of, of Gary Ringrose. He got the but it, it was it was in a few it was in the same phases of play it was but it was a few phases before the Liam Williams tackle mm. and jackal, and uh, Ringrose got the ball in midfield to the right of midfield just I suppose, mm. and he looked outside him, and he, and he literally did run and look outside and then he turned and cut back inside, and it was probably about a four on two or a five on two that was outside him. And it was like half the field to work in. It wasn't tight. I honestly and at feel that like... Point, yeah, sorry, Karen. I'll just say it's that point that you're making about, yeah. you know, something like it ruins yeah, a it, player's belief. You know, it ru- it, you may, it makes you do the... I don't know, do you do the stupid stuff? Did he think he could throw a dummy there somehow well, and get it through? Or? encourages desperation because they're so organised and they're so aggressive. It makes you think that you've basically got to do something miraculous, like run around an mm. entire team to fucking score against them. And they don't have to do that, really. <laughs> like, there were plenty of opportunities that even with Leinster's fucking iffiness. Well, there was there half were, an hour left were, at that point. Yeah, and there were opportunities like the f- there to play, you know, to fucking take. But... And I think it's it's something that so many rugby teams do, but Saracens force teams to do psychologically mm. is 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 to make make you think that it needs to be more complicated than it does, and it needs to be more intricate than it does. And fucking hell, I mean, I kind of feel like Manchester's coaching team need to maybe have a little bit of a look at themselves over the summer because let's not write the epitaph of this Leinster team after one game, obviously, but. A few times in the Champions Cup this season, particularly, Leinster's attacking game has just looked a little bit too predictable. And like good, sort of motivated, solid defensive teams, you know, thinking about Toulouse and, you know, Bath, weirdly, in that away game. They just. If you, st- if you shut down those outside channels and you put McGrath and Sexton under pressure, there's just. There's no change. There's no attempt to change it up. And Saris just did that on fucking eleven yesterday, and they they did such a good job of shutting down all the space out wide with the pace. You know they left Williams and Maitland so deep so that they could just, as soon as anybody got the ball out wide, they were just flying up and covering the ground and shutting things down. And where was like the kick behind to keep the blitz on its heels? Because Sexton just the kicking game was fucking unbelievably, and this is supposed Absolutely to be the best player in the appalling. fucking world at ten here. And he, I think the thing is your terrible. point about how their attacking game has been shit. I mean, the points I wrote down to, to to talk about was he's he's been in a six month. Form funk. He absolutely has. It doesn't yeah. seem to be getting any better, or certainly about four months anyway. It's been, it's pretty worrying. Yeah, and it's almost like Leinster used to win because of Johnny Sexton. So the 2011 Heineken Cup final being the most obvious yes. example. And as now a bit of that, his national team, he's done it as well. He's, yeah, he's not. He doesn't. He's not become a bad player. It's just. Um, yeah, now it's, strange. And, and the, and it's almost like they're winning in, in rock- spite of him. And they, and and they weren't sort of... interested in bringing Ross Byrne on at all, were they? No, and, and that you think for me about how a... well Ross Byrne had done in the in the quarters and stuff. Mm. It's, it's strange. To be honest with you, and again, I don't want to sort of write anybody off after that one game, but 
some of Leinster's older servants looked fucking old. Compare when you put it alongside the sort of youth and energy on Saracen's side of things, which to be fair will make most teams look shit. But players like Sean O'Brien, players like Johnny Sexton, players like Devin Toner looked fucking old. Sean Cronin, you know. Healy, Kean Healy actually was one of the few that was actually putting his fucking hand up from the yeah, carrying point. Yeah, Tyke Furlong played well. As yeah, well. yeah. But like in, t- in terms of those older, those older heads that you know, Rob Carney had that one break, but other than that, he sort of was looking very pedestrian. You just think it's time. It it might be time for Leinster to move on from some of those people. Like from a a pack point of view, I think Leinster have let him go. Fucking let Sean O'Brien go to London Irish at exactly the Is right it? time. I mean, call, I'll, I'll call ourselves out on this, really. I'll question <coughs> yes. ourselves. Because we were saying a couple of months ago that Leinster were going to smash everybody and there was very little question about it. And I'm, it's, um, well, one, you know, it just it shows you that we don't know that much. That'll come as no surprise to a lot of people who listen <laughs> to this. But I think there's also, what does it say about how quickly a sides and a squad's yeah. well, I mean, we small did, weaknesses can, We did say it? this time last year, you know, Who's going to beat Leinster? I don't know who's going to beat Leinster. This is the start of a dynasty. What actually I think it probably is, is the start of a duopoly. Like, those Leinster and Saracens, as much as Leinster had a bit of an off day yesterday and they, they need work and they, they could do with some more fucking horrible bastards in the pack if they're gonna, they want to get back to this stage next season and win. Mm. But, you know, those two teams are far and above pretty much anybody else that I've seen in the Champions Cup this season. You know, in terms of their intensity, in terms of their physicality, in terms of their organisation. And their, their consistency depth. to bring it in every game as well. Yeah, they they are like, you know, 10% better than any other team that I've seen, the two of them. And, you know, Saracens yesterday were about 5% better than Leinster, you know, and it showed. But, yeah, so it wouldn't shock me if this, you know, this time next year we're talking about Leinster winning it again. But equally, then it wouldn't mm. shock me if the year after that we're talking about Saracens winning it again. Or, you know, certainly for the next, when you look at how young both teams are, with the except, you know, Saracens are terrifyingly young. You know, everyone who's going to be there next year pretty much is under thirty. The only player yeah. that the only position that they really kind of don't seem to have an obvious fix for is twelve. If Brad Barrett sort of decides to hang up his boots or not you know he's fucking he's, old he's, he's ever living yeah yeah. I don't think he's ever going to stop but you look at there is know. something about oh. players like him and this is not trying to damn him well it is in a way but who don't have yesterday. much but who don't have much pace mm. and have never had much craft or guile he's not got anything him. to lose there's not, you know, you're not operating in a wide bandwidth of skill and pace, are you? What you're operating in is an incredibly effective little narrow sort of strip. Yeah, it's and like... what he do, and he does that better than anybody, and that, and and he and he absolutely knits all of that team together. And yeah, so, he is the glue. You know, it doesn't surprise me if you keep going. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you look at. You know, to be honest, everybody can count themselves lucky to an extent to talk about the, with this weekend's other game that Claremont were only in the Challenge Cup this year because I don't know if I don't know if they'd have got the better of Leinster or Saris, but I tell you what, when they're clicking, fuck me, as they demonstrated at points on Friday night, they're just irresistible. 
And they've Are we got done the... with Saracens then? Are we moving on to the next? Oh, one? I think I yeah, I'm not done with them yet. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in terms of just a quick pickup for the weekend, because uh, well, one thing, two things actually that I did want to talk about is the one thing that we haven't sort of touched on is Dan Levy is such a huge loss for both Leinster and Ireland. It's kind of the thing that people haven't really spoken about this season because Ireland and Leinster have got such good mm. depth in the back row. People have sort of gone, oh, well, it doesn't matter. They've got six other players that could fill the void. And yeah, they can fill the void and they're very, very good players. But what I think this year has demonstrated both at test level and for Leinster is that like, when it comes to the big occasions and the big games and the big moments, he is a class apart from everybody else in Ireland, pretty much, in that seven jersey. His power, his athleticism, his pace, his intelligence, his ability over the ball, like nobody else has got that. Very few other players in the world full stop have got that. And you look at what Saracens did to the breakdown yesterday with Sean O'Brien doing his usual not actually doing anything good at the breakdown act. And yeah. you just think, I'm not sure if they would have won the game, but I don't think they would have got bullied up front nearly as much. with some, And you could say that a lot with Dan Levy, as well, with, with Ireland with Dan Levy as well. Like His loss for the entire season for the World Cup is hugely, like for all of the talk of Ireland's depth, he's the one player that they cannot, him maybe Sexton, Let's be honest with you, even Sexton's not irreplaceable anymore. He is the one that I think just, they don't have another one like him and he offers something that's so important. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of players that we don't have another one of as well, I'm just getting bored of Mario's fucking antics, man. Do you know what? I wrote this down as well because when I was watching it, um, there was a bit just before... In the first half, there was a counter-rook that Leinster mm. did and picked the ball up and started going. And and then Mako flew in like a fucking torpedo <laughs> straight yeah. at somebody's head as they, were yeah. ca- as they were carrying the ball quite low. Yeah. And then somebody, I think it was Jackson Ray, somebody la- latched on and Saracen's got the penalty. And everyone was like... And, and nobody nobody on comms, nothing, I don't think, anyway. They, maybe they did afterwards. I haven't watched the whole post-game said anything about the fact that he did that. And then he did exactly the same mm. in a rook about five minutes later. He came in like a fucking torpedo. And it's and that's kind of my point about ex, like Leinster's pack needing more fucking bastards in it. Hang on, did you say Marrow or Mako? I said Marrow, but I, I completely... Oh, sorry. Like, I think you're entirely... Like, there was a lot of... Like, Marrow is just the most visible one for me, but... That pack is from one to eight, prick, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> but <Yes>. and it, <laughs> anyway, in different and, ways as well. In different ways. George like, is like an irritating non-stop dynamo prick, isn't he? Yeah. And for example, yeah. And, and Cruis is just a solid. Yeah. Oh God, why are you so good? Why can't I get the better of you, prick? <laughs> and then you've just got other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then oh, you've right. got fucking Itoji, who is just. I'm just bored of it now. I'm bored of the fucking silly and like. There's nothing wrong with being a world class fucking Norse, right? And he absolutely is one of those. There's there's no yeah. doubt about that. 
And like some of his moments yesterday when he was just annoying the piss out of Leinster were genuinely Oh, loads of it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Loads of it was gloriously brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and he's obviously one of the best locks in the world and every bit of his game, you know, I just don't And he was fucking everywhere. He was everywhere. He was absolutely just, everywhere. Yeah. The problem I've got is why does he need to fucking go over the line so often? It's like the fucking the late hits, the swinging arms, the accidental contact in the air, high hits when the ref's back is turned, the constant fucking chops in. Like, he didn't need, like, he was already dominating that game without being a fucking shit out. And it's just like, it's, when you look at somebody like fucking Jono or Alan Wynn and you think everybody fucking respects them as a leader and as a player, regardless of whatever team they're on. Nobody, you know, they just think they're fucking. And they though, dominate games. Yeah, and they even though they're games, both yeah. fucking world class arseholes, he is just like. Marrow's just playing up to this sort of shithouse fucking panto villain thing at the moment, and it's just like I'm mm. bored of watching it. I'm bored of him fucking throwing fucking swinging arms into people when he's carrying and clocking him in the face and doing it three times in a row and making you think that's not a fucking accident now, mate. You're just doing it to be a prick and getting away I'll with it. I'll be loving it come November, though. I'll well, be yeah. loving it come November. Well, yeah. But, like, and I think that's the thing, you know, when he's on your team, it's great, but it's just like, he's just a player of his ability doesn't need to be this, like, if you're, you know, if you're a George Cruis, to be honest, the player is very good, but you know, is a bit of an enforcer, then yeah, maybe there is a little bit of that to it. But like, Marrow's good enough to do all this shit without fucking being a bit of an arsehole about it as well. And I just, I'm yes. bored of watching it now. And, and I think the thing is, he seems to have made a conscious decision to That's become thing. that bloke. He's done it in the last two years. That is not his natural game. And he has decided, I'm going to, I'll be honest with you, Eddie Jones has probably told him to do it, hasn't he? He probably has, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, you're has. right there. He's like, I want you to go out there and cheat and be unpleasant. And in that regard, mission accomplished, I guess, because everybody who's not English thinks he's an absolute prick now, wherever he used to all <laughs> like him. Yes. So that's that. Yes. Uh, moving on to Claremont 36, La Rochelle 16. Well, it was that was just like the... I mean, if, to be honest with you, both games this weekend had a bit of inevitability about them. I think at the end of the group stages, you'd have been a brave man to bet against Saracens. And equally, to be honest with you, before the tournament had even started... Yes. You'd have been when a brave man to Claremont beat against... Claremont finished in the league last year. Yeah, you well, they're winning the challenge. Well, it was sort of like, either they're going to win the Challenge Cup or they'll just not be bothered. And yeah, what that's they, true. What they've done is just go. We're going to make a fucking point here, and then are they done double that. back in the big cup now because they've won the challenge cup and the in the double yeah. and the big cup. They get to play both. They get to play the both league, their A and B teams. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, they ended the tournament in the in the appropriate sort of turkey shoot style that they've approached the entirety of it. Yeah, La Rochelle it? kind it of like, expect, made it, like it competitive Operation Desert for about, Storm, basically. Yeah, La Rochelle made it like competitive for about 50 minutes and then Claremont just But they stopped. never looked like getting They never looked like getting It was sort of keeping them at arm's length and it. then the very second that Uni Antonio scored for La Rochelle and sort of even had the vaguest whiff of it being a competitive game, that was just, right, And let's let's put this to bed, boys. This. Even bringing the lead singer of Wolf Mother off the bench didn't help <laughs> for La Rochelle. That, that guy is out. fantastic. Sideshow Bob Locke. Big fan of <laughs> yeah, him. A... Don't know his name. Um, Never want to know his name. I'll tell you what, uh, the lead singer of Wolf Mother. That's all you need to know him as. Yeah, yeah. True. He's uh, 
That blue Claremont kit is lovely, though, isn't it? <laughs> See, I've got a bit. Oh, of, genuinely, I've got a bit of a problem with it because they always used to play in Ooh. white in Europe, and then I think. For yeah, reason, but that dark navy with the sort of it's lovely, it's beautiful, it's, it's very oh. nice. Uh, blue, dark navy, blue and yellow is lovely. But what I don't like now is that Claremont's away kit is now white, and their home kit is yellow, uh, and their European shirt is blue. It's like, surely, like the, um, if you've got a yellow home shirt, you have a dark away shirt. I did like the... Uh, I, I love the uh, hooped La Rochelle one. Oh, well. that's beautiful, that thing. Yeah, the black and white hoop thing. It's, it, yeah, was a, it, was a very, it was a very good-looking game. To be honest, it was a good-looking weekend. I quite like... Uh, I, I like Saracen's uh, reds with... Yeah, I'm not into that Leinster one. I oh, see, I don't mind the Leinster one, although I do think it is too dark. But... Uh, yeah, I I'm a, I just think it was a good-looking weekend. Does the La Rochelle want to play on a Breton shirt, do you think? Because obviously they're from Brittany, aren't they? Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, anything that's been said about it is said in French, so I ain't got a fucking clue. <laughs> do you get all these French press releases, do you? <laughs> I go for and look kids. for them usually, and then I put them through Google Translate and go, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Translate it back to French again, then translate yeah. it back into English. That's always a really good fun yeah. one. Do a double Google Translate. <laughs> the armour of so and no, no, it's not armour. It was great fun that game, Frank. Honestly, loads of fun. Really, like that was a more entertaining game in a sort of purely just watching for fun. Like Saturday was a better game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but... it was of a higher quality. Yeah, but in a way, the kind of the well, it was. Last season's Challenge Cup final was a cracker as well, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, and they usually are because, like, to be honest with you, the teams that are <laughs> the teams that are sort of playing in the Challenge Cup final are usually the ones who are fun. Weirdly, because they're not sort of quite so. I don't know. It's a weird one, though, isn't mm. it? But like, it does feel like the Challenge Cup final is the one where sort of the razzle dazzle teams end up. And the Champions. It sounds Cup... mad to say they don't take it seriously because they obviously do. Yeah. If you look at like. Claremont, the yeah. way, you know, Claremont on Friday, Cardiff last year, they do take it seriously, but it's almost like it seems like there's, because it's not the big cup, they, they're slightly more relaxed about their approach to how they play it, I don't know. I think that there's a there's a seriousness about the Champions Cup that sort of quite a gravitas often... gravitas that brings yeah, with it some, yes. That brings with you it must a treat certain... It with respect. Yeah, and yes. that brings with it a certain level of conservatism. As well, where people are fucking more terif- more worried about losing than they are about winning. But mm. there's something about the Challenge Cup being a little bit kind of tin pot that, <laughs> <laughs> that yes. people are just like, yes, well, let's just go out and fucking win this thing. Not the best, not the end of the world if we win or lose. I mean, they are, the thing is as well, these weekends are, I think it's easy to forget because they've been around for a while now, that they are really great events, aren't they? Fantastic, yeah. Taking rugby out around Europe and so on. It's really, really good. Yeah, uh, there seems to have been a lot of uh, a lot of positive words said about Newcastle as a as a venue for this year's final as well. I mean, I'm sure there won't be a they lot. Of... Newcastle know how to do a weekend away. They certainly do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was St James's Park is a good place to watch rugby. It feels in a sort of. I was worried way. that the Chan- the Champions Cup would be a shit game. Me too, I think actually. Because it really wasn't. I yeah. think I'm maybe saying it's better than it was. I don't think so. It was actually it was a high quality. It was a high quality game. game. It wasn't the classic. No, it was it a was high a, intense it was a very quality good game, game between yeah. two exceptionally good teams. Yes, which is what you want to see, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. 
So Claremont's will be fucking kicking ass and taking names <laughs> next year because they'll be like, you know, I want like baby. I look at that squad that they've got and I think, ooh, you're a bit good. And then I think you're probably going to sign a load of All Blacks and Fijians after the World Cup as well, <laughs> aren't you? Of course, uh, that's all coming, isn't it? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see who, because I kind of feel like Leinster need to do some post. I'm, I'm sure they will sign some fucking 30 cap All Black or something like that. Well, I do feel like that second row needs something in it. I think, imagine if Leinster got somebody like, I think he's already gone to Japan, but imagine if Leinster got somebody like Ryan Crotty to teach Gary Ringrose what to do. Mm. Imagine what that would fucking, that would yeah. be fucking terrifying. Problem, I think that's the thing with, with Henshaw and Ringrose. They're both great players, but neither of them is at that level yet of, Come with me, son. When the chips are down, I'll show you what to do. And that's what Brad Barrett does so well. That's part of why Wazowski's mm. so good at 13, is that he's got and Brad he Barrett. Won, and he was good on Saturday, by the he way. Was he was brilliant. good on Saturday. He was really good. Where's Elliot Daly going in that fucking team next year, by the way? Oh, yeah. I've forgotten <laughs> all about that. Yeah. Because he ain't going at fullback, because there's two brilliant ones. He's wasted on the wing. And I reckon he, he might go on the wing, you know, instead of Sean Maitland. Maybe. I just think I think you they what have they signed him for? They signed him as a thirteen, have they signed him as a winger? Because I think his best, I still on, think his best position is thirteen. Williams, Daly and Alex Good. Mm. Mm. It's not a bad mm. back three, is it? Yeah. Whichever way you want to mix it as well, actually. You could th- they could just keep changing positions that's, just that, to that could the opposite. Like, yeah, the only one that's really gonna go out of place is Alex Good on the wing. Yeah. But put him at 12. And oh, God, yeah. I was looking at what the Wasps back line is going to be next season as well, which is just fucking ridiculous. Who's they signed? Well, they've got Fekitoa, haven't they? And they've got that lad from the Hurricanes and they signed Minotzi. And it's like... Just, oh, yeah. Fekitoa and Minotzi in the same back line is just fucking filth. Let's be honest. You were just thinking about Minotzi, weren't you? Mainly, yeah. Monopsy and whoever. <laughs> and I drifting just... into a very a lovely daydream about what it could possibly mean. <laughs> yeah, but um I I I don't think either Saracens or Claremont are done yet this season, by the way. I think Saint Mark. Of course they've Mark got the, the whole, sort of uh, yeah. rather unple like rather um whatever, I don't know what the word is, slightly tastelessly said that like everything that's happened with Billy Runapola over the last month or so has basically been used as kind of motivation by the squad, which, fuck you. Um, yes. But, yeah, okay, I suppose it has, but I feel like they're not. People done. having to go at Billy for thinking homosexual people are unnatural has really brown the, brown, brought the, the squad together. together yeah. yeah. Nice one, Mark. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So they they they've obviously got a they they've got unfinished business. They want to fucking win everything this year, don't they? And I, as good as Exeter are, and as I just think, if Saracens play like that, they'll blow. If Saracens Exeter play like the that, they're winning park. everything. Yeah. Yes, yes. Like no Ex- Exeter will not get anywhere near them if they play like that. Yeah, so and equally Claremont, you know, they're still in with a shout at the top fourteen. They might do it all. Yeah, they might win that trophy about three weeks before the World Cup starts. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad though that 
Saracens won from the point of view of not having to make us wait until the end of the top 14 before we can have our playoff. So at least now oh, was. <laughs> yeah, there is the that, isn't there? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, otherwise we'd have basically... We could all been, get on with it now. Yeah, we'd have basically been having Ospreys versus Scarlets the week before the fucking World Cup starts. <laughs> if I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. However you like to do it. Indoors. Outdoors. In the gym or playing the field. You know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At LifestyleSports.com uh, Right. That's the end of that. Should we finish off with a uh, shit good? We probably should, yeah. Uh, what are we my, doing first? My Josh? first good. Oh, should we do good first? Because um, I haven't okay. got many shit, to be honest. Actually, let's do shits first, because. Oh, got come quite on. I'm just scroll, scrolling up and down <clears> here <throat> like a fucking idiot. Uh, okay, first shit, Luke McGrath. Just kick it out, mate. Fucking hell. Just, just kick it out. We've, we've talked about it, but it kind of. He needs saying again. Just stop it. Um, it's a. I've got shit. Mm. It's the and you know how to use it. The the all pervasive idea with a, a analysis pieces mm. that they somehow reveal clever things <laughs> when they really don't. Yes. So it was a bit in the game, the Champions League, the Champions League, Champions Cup final. Yeah. Where they spent thirty seconds analysing that Saracens use dummy runners, <laughs> like everyone in their backs moves. And yeah. they honestly, they talked about it like they just worked out and were just showing us how fucking Dynamo does card tricks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like a lot, and somebody runs there, and, and at one point they said, look, he's got his hands up and he's shouting as if he's going to receive the ball, but he doesn't receive the ball. It goes somewhere else. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. Don't fucking tell anybody else, will you? Because they won't um, have a bloody clue what's going on. It's... <laughs> oh, it- it all comes it's back to my much, point about it? the just fucking, fucking relentless much. need to fucking fill every space with talking. It's the biggest problem with football, full st- uh, football with rugby, full stop, or sport, full yeah. stop, is that yeah. when you have a twenty-four-hour oh. fucking news cycle, there's just no fucking relent. There's no let-up. It's relentless, and when people have always got to say something incredibly quickly they will run out of useful things to say yeah and I, mean, I suppose you could say well there might be people watching who don't know about dummy runners and they're just educating an audience i suppose mm. so you know and shut your face and stop being miserable but um i don't think that can possibly be the case i think i'm absolutely correct on this so, i completely um, agree yeah and the other thing i noticed as well is that nick mullins I, I don't know if he's getting worse and it's not just him it is that thing of never stopping talking mm. never ever stopping talking 
He gets the ball, takes it in there, look to the left, wasn't there on the left-hand side, moves to the left-hand side, puts one foot there, one foot in front of the other, moves his, speed, his feet at high speed towards the other people. That's called running. Then he moves to the left. And, <laughs> honestly, God, also, it's just like, I'd like this to is add not radio. That. Yeah, I'd like this to add into radio. that as well, the asking the question about, is could this be the moment when blah, blah, blah happens? Mullins is, was particularly bad for that yesterday. Is, the, is this the moment that Leinster claim their lead? Is this the, I don't know. Shut up and let's let's see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's find out together. Yeah, or let's listen to the crowd for a minute and see, or listen to the crowd go quiet or do something like that. It's um, oh, well, that's another thing that they've done as well that they're obviously coached to do now is that they keep asking questions of their co-commentator all the time. Mm, yeah. What I- do you think he was trying to achieve there, John? You know, what do you think? <laughs> what would be going through their minds now? You know, what would be going through the minds of the dressing room right now, Paul? What would be going know, through the minds of me? What, am I, what, what am I still doing in the dressing room when the game started five minutes ago? <laughs> if I don't think that, then we're going to lose. It's genuinely just... It, it is a huge... It's not just a sports a rugby problem, it's a sports problem, but fuck No, indeed, hell. it is a it sports does. problem, and it does seem to be getting worse. It's, and, it, and the problem it's an is arms that, race of talking bollocks. Yeah, yeah. And the problem that you the sort of exacerbates that is when you have when it comes to TV, like because they only have they only want to talk about the thing that they want to talk about, you know, the thing that they're paid for effectively. Yeah. So there might well be enough things for them to talk about in a game through the whole gamut of the rugby world, but. Because they're only interest, you know, they're only going to talk about the Premiership or the Champions Cup or the Challenge Cup or the things that they own, and it's something that fucking Rugby Tonight really suffers with. Is the like blinkers pretending that the Pro Fourteen and the Top Fourteen and Super Rugby effectively doesn't exist, and all of rugby yeah. is contained within the European games and the Premiership and. Yeah, it's just fucking shush, just shush. And don't get me wrong, I mean, you know, sometimes and we talk you can about look for insight about it as well, funny enough. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. and it's and you can look for insight off your colour commentator. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're there for. But I don't know, it just seems to be never ending now, and no, there's no quality control or filter applied to it. That's no, the, none whatsoever. You know, not like this podcast, we apply <laughs> loads of quality control and filter to the shit that comes out of our mouths. Yeah, this we? is relentlessly uh, and brutally focused. edited. Yeah. Brutally focused, brutally edited, <laughs> brutal, brutally on message. Yeah. Right, um, so, have you got any more shit? Uh, the lack of a HIA for Johnny Sexton when he clearly got sparked the fuck out. When Marawitoje forearm smashed him straight into the head. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been a red, shouldn't it? Um, Probably, but yeah. yeah so. Certainly, a second yellow red would have happened anyway. Uh, yeah, the fact that he didn't get you one. You can't read me, ref. I've written a poem about it. Oh, well, sorry about that, Marrow. You can, uh... Uh, I've read a lot of... I've read about seven fucking profiles of young athletes that talk about how they write poetry in the last 18 months, and I don't get it. Like, if, if all young athletes are now writing poetry, then it's not a thing anymore. And if it is a thing, why are all these guys writing poetry? It's weird. I know there are a lot of kids, because obviously my lad's 17 tomorrow, so I know there's a hell of a lot made. A lot of these, I suppose, athletes, young athletes coming through now will be, what, 21, 22 mm. now? 
there's a hell of a lot spoken about in schools and with young people now about uh, mindfulness and centering and that's how you keep yourself on an even keel with all the stresses you have to go through. It's really funny how people say that kids aren't resilient anymore and stuff when I've watched my kids and continue to watch my kids go through school and it's a never-ending, relentless fucking pressure fest about when their exams are coming, how hard they have to work, how focused they have to be, how they can't take a minute to do to arse around, they've got to have a plan to do everything. The idea that they're not resilient, I think, is is a nonsense because they're constantly having to deal with stuff like that all the time. So what they try and do then as a kind of responsible school or responsible societies they start talking about they offer more counselling, they offer more, and it's things like, to come back to the mm. point about mindfulness and stuff. So I think, I don't know this, but I, I think it's probably something to do with that, where a lot of young people are coming through pressurised schools, pressurised sports environments, and as part of the whole approach to well-being and holistic care, which mm. coaching academies and stuff have to do now, if you talk to Tony Fretwell, who we've spoken to on here, um, I think there's something about that to it. So some of them are doing like creative writing or poetry type stuff to, I don't know, decompress their brains or yeah. explore a different part. And of And then their because brains. they've gone, oh well, I've written some poetry, it becomes oh they write poetry. It's like they they wrote some poetry in school <laughs> once. They wrote Simmer some poetry. It just said fuck off five hundred times because they're so frustrated. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a brutal, brutal, expressive piece. Yes. Mm. But yeah, uh, what, what, what we were talking about then? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, HIA for yeah, Johnny Sexton. Johnny Sexton absolutely yeah, he should, have should have got a fuck. Certainly, given his fucking concussion history, the fact that he didn't get HIA after clearly being sparked out was just fucking un- entirely unacceptable. Mm. Like, recognize and fucking remove. That guy was down on the floor looking dazed. That should That's supposed to be enough. Doesn't matter if he gets up and says he's fine. Why are we still there? Why is Johnny Sexton allowed to get around that? Mm. Anyway. What else have we got this shit? Ben from Twitter gets in touch. He said shit was not kicking the ball dead at halftime. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Lord, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Dean Blackmore gets in touch, and he says shit is Leinster fans whining about Itoji and the ref. Well, you you won't have enjoyed the last 10 minutes, so we've done nothing but whine about Itoji. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's worth whining about it because I think we don't think he needs to, but I don't think he... What materially affected the result is how fucking well he played. Yeah, and I mean he absolutely the shit housery is annoying. Yeah, but it's what affected the result is is how fucking well he played. I think the the, the flip side of that is he one hundred percent should not have been on the field at the end of the game. He should have been red carded for there was at least three incidents. Where... Did he get a penalty for slamming somebody in the air as well? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was uh, yeah. uh, Carney, wasn't it, Rob Carney? Yeah, yeah, and he sort of. They kind of said, "Oh well, it's just a penalty because Maitland sort of." No, he, he'd hit the floor, hadn't he? But he like slapped him round the face as he kind yeah, of hit yeah. the floor. It was, and he <laughs> sort literally of, as he kind landed, of left his arm, he clotheslined him, and like was like, yeah. "Well, I'm definitely not tackling. I'm just going to leave this lazy arm in here." And if it was if it was a mid air windpipe, and you'd have been off. But unfortunately, one of his feet was on the floor. So yeah, you know it was. He was very lucky there. It's uh, yeah, and that's the thing. I think mean, he, he just he should not have been on the pitch, really. But that's you fucking. That's how it goes sometimes, you know. More shit from Twitter. Alex Rhys Jones gets in touch and says, "Shit, is the European Cup finals going to Spurs? Why can't they go somewhere like Italy, for example? That would be bloody lovely in May." It would. Yes, um, they did. Right. They did try that. Um, and then was it the first going Champions Cup? The first Champions Cup was supposed to be final in twenty fifteen. 
was supposed to be being played in San Siro, but they sold absolutely right. zero tickets and then moved it to Twickenham uh, and sold absolutely, no. and absolutely zero tickets were sold there as well um, because it was Saracen. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's all coming back to me now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got at shit? Ian Wheeler gets in touch. He said, shit, is Danny Cipriani and Alex Goode getting the respective player of the awards, players of the year awards and having no chance of going to a World Cup? Yeah, we mentioned at the top there, Ian, but it is um, baffling. Yeah. It continues to be more baffling. It's, 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 it, it's weird, though. It continues to be more baffling because they're playing so well. Yeah. But it also means it's less baffling because it's been going on for so long. It's too late to change it now. Yeah, it's like it's become a sort of sense. self-fulfilling thing, isn't it? Like, however good they you're play, three, now you're four months, five months out from a world. Now it's just not enough time, is it? It's fucking weird, isn't it? So in a way, they've demonstrated they can consistently do it for a year and eighteen months, and now it's too late to be included. <laughs> yeah. No. What it's... a shit! What a, sh- what a <laughs> what shit! What a shit! Trick fucking, that is, by the what way. A shit fucking. <laughs> oh. Uh, what else have we got this shit? Neil Webber gets in touch. He says, shit is McGrath's kicking game was bilge all day long. <laughs> Absolutely right. And Idris gets in touch and says, the British Rail-esque, mind-fuckingly slow, dull train that Saris create behind every ruck in their own half. Uh, to be it's fair, Idris, everyone I'm, in fucking rugby does that. That's correct, but that is a bit of a, hello, pot, this is kettle, you're black. Yeah. It's like, it's... Something's got... Got to be done about it because that's not what that's not, yeah. that's not what the fucking thing is supposed to do. You're not supposed to be able to form a fucking caterpillar. Yeah, they fucking ended the foxy defence, which was fucking brilliant and should yeah. never have been gotten rid of. But they can't deal with this shit bag of a thing. It's so stupid. I don't get it. And but equally funny was the fact that Saracens were exceptionally good at stopping Leinster from doing that by sort of <laughs> by basically pulling any anybody that tried to start a caterpillar, like they just reached through and pulled into the ruck, which was which well, is my, a great example of top notch world class nursery. Because it's like yes. yeah, you've got to be a dickhead to do that, but very well it was done. And it's another example of how they've just got all court shit out game. Oh, they? they're brilliant, though, aren't they? So good, they are so good. Yeah, I can't do anything but respect them in many ways. And then on, I'm equally, you know, attracted and repelled in equal measure by Saracens. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to do with myself. Yeah. Have you got any more shit before we move on to the to the to the good from the weekend? Um, shit, and a friend of the pod, Linda Mason, says shit. The lack of decent Wi-Fi in all big stadiums. I completely agree. Uh. Just mobile signal. Just why is it... Like, they know that there's going to be 50,000 people there. Is it, anything, is it because it can't be solved? Is it such a cluster I'm sure in it one can place? be. It just needs money and enough Wi-Fi antennas and enough bandwidth. Yeah. But, yeah, it's I've never, never met functioning Wi-Fi in a sports stadium. I don't no. know if you have. And even when it tells you you've got a mobile signal yeah, for you, 4G, you are fucking living in dreamland. Dead. Yeah. I'm assuming it's just because it's just such a cluster of demand that it can't. Yeah, deal with it is. It's it's eighty thousand. Maybe five G will deal with it. Maybe the Chinese are going to Maybe. take all of our secrets. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. I'd settle but for But I'm willing 4G to have right my now. secrets taken if I can. If, if I can get, get a Twitter pick. good Wi-Fi. If I can yeah. upload a Twit pick, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Good then. Good. Good times. Good is it? Yeah. yeah. Good. Ben Spencer. He was very. good. He's very good. Saracens have got two good nines, which is two good nines more than Leinster have got. Um... <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, tell you what, it was a great weekend for Glacial Greg's happy little face. Like, wasn't it? Oh, just... Did you did you see uh, when Claremont had that Maul uh, pushover try from Fritz Lee, and obviously Greg was at the back of it, and sort of Fritz Lee went over the line and scored, and Greg sort of his momentum just basically carried him, and he sort of fell over and was like. Hand, two hands in the air on his ass over the try line, sort of grinning like a moron. And I was just delighted for him. He looked so happy. Bless his little face. <laughs> Tell you who is good, increasingly bizarrely so. The artist formerly known as Will Skelton. Honestly, he's such a fucking. I don't know who this Will bastard. Skelton is. I, could, I would genuinely <laughs> loathe playing against It can't him. just be because he's lost weight. It can't no, be. It's, it's the. Because that's all everybody follows up, doesn't it? No. He's so much a better player since he's lost all that weight. Well, that was apparently the reason why fucking he. Like, it's, worry, it's bizarre that it's taken going to Saracens to get him to do this because, from what I could understand, like, the main reason that he would ended up out of the Wallabies squad was that Michael Checker went, mate, you're too fat. Lose some weight. <laughs> and he just didn't. So he's like, all right, well, you're out of the squad then. And yeah, he, Saracens just have that, this fucking effect on them, don't they? It's endlessly kind of frustrating, isn't it? I remember um, and Andrew Flintoff, when he played cricket, was always slightly overweight. Yes. Now, he had a fucking brilliant cricket career, don't get me wrong. And now you look at him, he's retired. He did that boxing match, lost a load of weight, and he's, like, incredibly slim now. <laughs> it was like you had to, you had real problems with your ankle joints because you were carrying so much weight. You yeah. constantly... I mean, ima- imagine... how many more years you could have played for. You would have been if you'd just done whatever you're doing now when you were actually playing professional sports yeah. rather uh, than just fucking yammering on for a living, which is what he does now. Actually, speak, Oh, that's the dream, though, isn't it? Speaking of Andrew Flintoff, uh, got to delve back into shit for a minute. Um, shit is uh, an advert that I saw re- uh, earlier today which has revealed that Courtney Laws is the new face of Giacomo. <laughs> and honestly, what, one the, of the worst adverts you'll ever... That, what, what was see. that casting then? I've got. Absolute... Can you find me a big lad with absolutely no personality whatsoever? <laughs> that's what we. There's, that's a, what, what there's an awful thing say. where he's like trying to look like he's pretending rugby while a load of heavy set lads get ready for a night out around him, and it just made me want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I watch those Jacobo adverts, all They're I the can worst. think there's one. There's one where a guy puts a suit, and I was like, that's the worst fitting suit I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> just because you're, like, slightly overweight, yeah, mate, do, don't fucking... Go, don't, have, don't accept that. You can go to a shop and get a suit that fits. I promise you. Yeah, do not accept that fucking like, baggy pile of shit that they're trying to put on you. It's like, if you're a big... Blo- you know, and I know it's always a cliche, the cliche thing, that they get people who are... You know, it's a big and tall shop, but it's mainly for fatties. Let's not beat around the bush. But they always get a tall bloke in. But, like, Courtney Laws is just like... At least Flintoff had a bit of fucking Flintoffness about him. Courtney Laws is yeah, 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 just like, yeah. he's a, like... He's a really good player, but personality-wise, he's just a void. And there's a lot, I mean, let's be honest. You're not struggling to find tall, big rugby this players, is a weird one, isn't it? It's like, front your who, could, who, turned in, who turned them down to be the face of Giacomo before they got to Courtney Laws? Like... <laughs> Honestly. Have you got any more good? Uh, yes. Uh, Liam Williams, obviously. Mm. Uh, just council of state strength everywhere in Excelsis, to be honest. 
He's just he's just an absolutely perfect example of the genre. <laughs> and Sarri, like Sarri, he defines the genre yeah. in many ways. Sarri's wingers are basically there to defend and tackle and cover first and score tries later, and that was just kind of the perfect example of it. That's why they brought him in because they can stick him on the wing and he'll do that. Chris Ashton wouldn't do that. Let's be no. honest. <laughs> Um, I mean, that was a penalty, that jackal. Oh, massively, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, whatever. There were definitely two people competing over the ball oh, when he yeah. put his hands on Oh, over. yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's where you even get into whether he was supporting his own weight. He'd formed a ruck with the bloke he had his yeah. head on against. Yeah, he was the ruck. Well, he was... He was. There were two people competing over the ball, yeah. and he was one of them, yeah. and he was still using his hands. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, but yeah, it was. It was yeah, very there good. were a couple of those uh, where Garces just seemed to just forget the rules, weren't he? particularly when it came to like. He, he loves that though, doesn't he? Yeah, he's quite happy to let that stuff go. Yeah. usually, yeah. It is a bit. He thinks if you make an effort, if you make an effort and get near enough, that'll yeah. do for me. There was a lot of free for alls, and to be honest with you, the uh, the try that they scored before half time was incredibly harsh. On it was a classic example of somebody who's had their body pinned into the ruck and then gets pinged for not rolling away. It's like he could go absolutely nowhere because two Saris players instantly sat on top of him. But Gus is just that was a free for he's always a free for all when that guy's involved. And you've kind of got to play that. And Saris played him perfectly. And Leinster just seemed to get very annoyed by it. Um good though, my final good. Billy. What can you? Like, yes. I don't like the guy, but fuck oh, me, he's a great he's rugby a player. Unbelievable! Yeah, player. Like he don't like the intercepts, the carries, that the fucking surge for his try, where he just carried those three people over the line, and then just stuck the huge. And his intercepts are amazing. Because, yeah, I mean, partly that's the game. Intercepts are amazing because he looks like he's offside. Yeah, he looks like he's offside. Offside because I actually rewound it a couple of times watching it today. Going, he must have been fucking offside there. Yeah, no. and I went back. I was like, oh no, no, no he wasn't. He wasn't. No. And, and partly that's like McGrath is just taking too long and giving him the opportunity mm. there. But fucking hell, you've got to be there to make him. And yeah, I think the only reason BT didn't give him man of the match is because they were probably worried he'd say he wanted to dedicate his win to all the hellbound gays or something. But like, <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking brilliant. Uh, oh, and then apologise to him for having to, you know, yeah. for the hard time he's yeah, had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what have we got the good to see? Matt Ford, old mate of the pod, gets in touch and he says, he said good was the Saris Leinster final. It was intense and relentless and brutal, he said, but also it was shit for the same reason because there's mm. no way that brutality like that isn't going to have long-term effects on player welfare. Well, yeah. That's just the kind of... the Especially when they're not bothering to HIA anybody yeah, that's anymore. That's the kind of gambit that we're all playing and continuing to watch rugby really, isn't it? He said a bonus shit as well was Itoji's subtle and not so subtle cunts tricks. Oh, all over the place. Cunts tricks, left, yeah. right, and centre. An 80 minute <laughs> cunts trick as somebody who I can't remember who. Um, I loved uh, from the Claremont game at the end when oh, just seeing Benjamin Kaiser like just finally winning something. And he was. And that's the thing a lot of people who rubbish the Challenge Cup just see Cardiff were the same last year. Yeah. And then just see Benjamin Kayser's face now yeah. and say it's it's a waste of anybody's time. Yeah, and also I enjoyed in the post-match interview after he'd stopped crying where they were like, he was talking about how hard a campaign it had been and he was just like, we had to go to all these like all these places. We went to Romania, we went to Newport and it was like... 
Can all, you imagine? All these shitholes. Um. The horror. <laughs> And they were going... both as Soviet as the other one, as, as each other. Yeah. Uh, I also enjoyed when they interviewed him mid-game, um, Alex Sanderson using the term physicality, which <laughs> normally, <laughs> which I love it when it goes to Alex Sanderson. Yeah, man. because it's, it's always value. Amazing. He always says something yeah. weird, but I'd normally say it was a slip of the tongue. But like, given Sarri's penchant <laughs> for management is. bollocks, that's probably what they call like really it's, aggressive defence. Want some physicality here, boys? Some physicality. We're just going to get sorted across ten phases. (laughs) He's kind of a bit sort of sinky. I genuinely laughed out loud for about half an hour about that, just like just chuckling to myself every time I thought about it again. Oh, he's an absolute gift. I hope I I I pay like a quid extra. We have to just keep trying to keep going, Nick, and going across as many phases as we want. (laughs) Tell me, you wouldn't pay an extra quid on your BT subscription to just have Sanderson wired (laughs) to have red button Sanderson chat (laughs) for the full eighty? Yes. Uh, right, uh, we've got else on Twitter who said something was good. Yorkie Spro, Matsy in the North, said, good, Vincent Cox, perfect Saturday amateurs spiral kick oh, to end brilliant. the final. Loved it. He said, but also, every Sarri's player's face at the moment they realised what he was going <laughs> yeah, to do. Were just, I was just like, if this... I mean, they, they weren't going to lose anyway because they were 10 points ahead, no. but I was just like, if he misses... Well, they were knackered, t- but he's having enough of running round now. If he yeah. misses touch here... Uh, Lens to score. That's going to be hilarious, but no, it wasn't. Um, did you also uh, see Mako's uh, weird little sort of polite hand clap when the Saris were like celebrating with the trophy and spraying the champagne? No, it's a, it's a, like he's just sort of standing slightly to the left, and he just walks up, has a sort of strange like look on his face, and just does this. He is kind of like that, though, isn't he? He's kind of unassuming, isn't he? Do you remember he had to go but up and do He was do obviously that? He doing do a joke. it. Yeah. I think he was doing it to take the piss, but then the best part of that is that Liam Williams runs up and sprays a bottle of champagne directly into his face, which, I mean, that's Liam Williams' view. Do you remember the 2013 Lions video? They had to go to the front of the bus and tell oh, a joke. And know, he went up and told the joke. joke he, he was obviously reading it, and he got it completely <laughs> wrong. wrong. And everyone just sat in total silence. That's one of my favourite bits of the Lions in. tour ever. Pull, pull the bus in and kick him off the bus. <laughs> pull, pull the fucking bus in. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, pull the bus in. Oh, it's funny. And the thing is, he read it out and then just looked completely blank and just looked up and was like, why is nobody laughing? <laughs> he was really he's, such, he's such a unique bloke. He's totally deadpan, isn't he? But yeah. just very funny. I enjoy him a great deal. And obviously, you see when Billy kind of nearly shoved him over when he came off. Yes. And he substituted Billy and he obviously said something. He probably said like in a very brotherly way, you fat twat or something, didn't he? <laughs> so Billy just shoved him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that was uh, also got as good. Tony Sylvester says good was Newcastle's ability to run another massive European event. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and loads of people come forward and said how good it was. Actually, uh, Patricia mentioned about uh, Claremont winning that European trophy finally. Yeah, although you know it was might have been a neat. As, as, thing is, a consolation prize said, for a lot. Inevitable. If, never, if you, you as a player have never have been trying to win something in Europe and never have. 
As Patricia said, though, it was inevitable after they spent the season ravaging every team, but still it was well-deserved. Yes, absolutely. True that. Ian McGilp gets in touch, and he said as well, Newcastle were great. He said, but also, he said, there was a local sat in front of me who saw Devin Toner on the big screen and said to his friend, Jesus, that guy looks like a fucking human sperm. <laughs> I'm glad that you actually went... Uh, I went Jordan, went Jordan yes. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he was Welsh, the fella, yeah. But, yeah, the, but yeah, so we've got that. He's called Human Sperm. We've called him Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. the Screaming Skull. What else, what else, does, what else does Devin... To- yeah. The Provincial Accountant. What else does Devin Toner look like? <laughs> a drum... A drumstick? Yes. Um, what else does he look like? An Oscar? Yeah. <laughs> Things that Devin um, Toner looks like. Uh, death? Yeah, very much like death. Give him a sigh. He looks like a slightly it. stretched Paul O'Connell. Like, it if you took Paul O'Connell <laughs> and just stretched him and made him thinner and longer. If you if you move Paul O'Connell from 16-9 aspect to, to, to the traditional aspect, that's exactly what he'd yeah. look like. He's on, yeah. on Photoshop, you just if you raise the, the x-axis by like 10%, that's your Devin Toner right there. Or 40% of Rory Best. Yeah. What else is all like? A pepper pot. It looks like a pepper pot. <laughs> Uh, it, there was that weird period where he still had hair, where he sort of looked like he was the. That was his provincial accountant face. Yeah, but also like now he he's was a shabby. Don't look like that. Like anymore. he was a bassist in a nineties Britpop band that had got back together after twenty years. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's very true. Now he sort of looks like oh, it was, he, he got, he's got a bit of a look of a guy who lurks in the background as a secret service man. He has got that sort of... In he's an got American a sort of presidential face, film. Yeah, of somebody... Not, you, you sort of remove his... If he was sitting down, you could imagine him sort of in the background of somewhere like, you know, Apollo 13, you know, some a background technician at NASA. <laughs> he should be running alongside a presidential motorcade <laughs> in a suit. You know what I mean? Towering over a presidential motorcade, I think he means. <laughs> yes, Nobody indeed. get anywhere near the president around him. He just has to lean forward and he's giving full coverage. Eyes up on all times. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, where? Meanwhile, back at shit. Good, uh, good. Ricky Harris gets in touch and he says, "Good is that that Liam Williams defensive play was a total game changer. Mm. After that, it was all Saracens." Yeah, I mean the fact it wasn't given, but that loads of them aren't given. No, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, it was. It was, and it's just he's just he's just Hollywood, isn't he? Yeah, that's not that's the wrong term. He's lost one game this season, and he's that like, was a way to say. He's sale. like a walking money shot, basically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's the money, isn't he? Yeah, he has lost one game this season, and that was bafflingly. Sarri's away at sale. God, has he really? Yeah. So, every game he's played in, well, for Wales or for Saracens, he's won, except for that sale one. And lastly in good, Sophia Mirza gets in touch mm. and says, good, and this is a good one, we'll finish on this, because it's, it's a bit of mascot chat. Yes. She said, good was Leinster's mascot, Leo the Lion, causing mayhem in St. James's Park. Yes. He stole pints, yes. flirted with all the women, had to be told off by a steward, and during the mascot race at half-time, his head fell off. Brilliant. That's all I want from my mascots, is massive I misbehavior. want proper misbehaviour and also ramshackle costume yeah. at the highest-profile rugby event in Europe. That's what you want. <laughs> Yeah, so and on that, on that bombshell, bombshell, let's go away. We are done. Yeah. 
Sorry if the sound's a bit strange this week. We've had to do a slightly different recording scenario for reasons I, I won't go into, but uh, yeah. hopefully it'll sound okay when it comes we'll out. It, we'll put it all it together in the end, I'm sure. It'll all be put together. Yeah. It'll all be put together. Yeah. And we've and managed to talk for an hour and 25 minutes about two games of rugby, and mainly about one. Yeah, and we actually we actually took a section. We were going to do There's Always Next Year this week, but we've took it out because yeah. I didn't have a chance to prepare for it. And imagine if we'd add that in. Honestly, so that'll be next week. So if anybody's yeah. got any nominations for particularly... Terrible seasons, seasons, yeah. You want us to shout out because, yeah. as we say, they are the lifeblood of yeah. rugby. These and people. You don't need to nominate um, Neath because I've got that covered. <laughs> and uh, other than that, we'll speak to you all next week. Indeed. Take care. There you go. However, you like to do it indoors, outdoors, in the gym, or playing the field. You know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of butts. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At LifestyleSports.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.